Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. Gus. Oh, he's got onions. Gus. He's got onions. What's up, everyone? Week five of the Big East Barroom is live. We are here. Thank you for pulling up a stool. We are recording Sunday night. Ryan, how are you feeling this wonderful Sunday? I am good. I'm excited to talk some college hoops. Um, it's great to be here with you, Ty. Did you get your Lord praising in today? I did. Oh, okay. good. I did every day. So you're not a blue demon, you would say? No. Wow. Uh, but I would fit in with the, all the Catholic schools. That'd be nice. At the, Even though we are UConn the Big East. Yeah, the one non-Catholic school. So this was a fun week of Big East hoops. It was nice because we finally went down to, a, um, instead of just a few games every day, it was more concentrated into Wednesday and Saturday with some games leaking over into Sunday. We're recording during the Seton Hall game. So we will t- try to talk about Seton Hall after like we did about Xavier two weeks ago. Xavier Gonzaga, yep. Uh, but right now, if you're wondering, it's a very close game between Seton Hall and Rutgers. Um, what is it, 34-33? Yeah, so... It's been an ugly game. A lot of missed shots. A lot you know, of missed shots. Finally, uh, Holloway's defense has kind of showed up. Yeah, Seton Hall like, has a chance to kind of move up in my book if they can win this game. Rutgers is a high Big Ten team who just beat Indiana um, and played Ohio State in a game where they should have won too. So um, this would be a... Heck of a win for Holloway. So you can't beat this. You got good ball on. You got a couple open beers. We're sitting here. We're talking Big East basketball. Life's pretty darn good if you ask me. Well, so Ryan doesn't know what order we're going in today because I decided not to tell him. We'll say that we are saving UConn for our longer segment at the end. Seton Hall has to be later. So we are going to... Ryan, this is how we're going to do this today. You are going to pick the mascot you think you could fight the easiest... To the mascot you think would ha- you'd have the hardest time fighting and winning against. You want me to do this with no preparation? Yeah, no, and I think that's... But you're down to nine teams, and here's the thing. How am I down to nine? Because you can't pick UConn, and you can't pick okay. Um So you have to pick between them. So you're going to have to think on the fly, and you could piss people off. What is really a Hoya? Okay, that's a great... See, that's a good... That's what the people are here for. What is a Hoya? Um, Georgetown... This is Jack the Bulldog. Jack is our mascot. Um, yeah, I think it's a bulldog. I would try to say that, right? Um, oh, team was nicknamed the Stonewalls. It is suggested that student using Greek and Latin terms started the chair Hoya Saxa, which translates to what rocks? The name proved popular and the term Hoyas was eventually adopted. We're just going to put them as a bulldog. We'll put them as a bulldog? Okay. With Butler. All right. But That's- I want to make it clear that you might not be able to beat a dog in a fight. All right. I think if that's the case, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock and we're going to talk Creighton Blue Jays to start. That's, you know I'm scared of birds. Well, but you're a wimp. <laughs> All right. Three minutes on the clock. Let's talk Creighton Blue Jays. They lost their only tilt of the week against BYU Saturday night. They had the 10 o'clock game. Uh, Ryan Cockburn did not play. <clears throat> um, that was, he was a good Ryan Cockburner impression you just did. Yes, he was sick just like I am a little bit there. Uh, so they, they didn't have him. Um, Arthur Kaluma chipped in pretty well for them. They made it close in the end. But they were not able to pull it off. They dropped what's that, their fourth straight? Yeah, they have lost four in a row. Um, or no, I think they had a good or a, a cupcake maybe in there somewhere. I don't think so. They, lost in, they had two losses last week. Um, Texas and Nebraska. They lost to... We're not on the website. They lost to Nebraska... They lost. I'm on the website and it wants to show me the soccer, the volleyball, the women's. Um, so, geez, I should be better with this right now. They lost to Nebraska. The they lo- lost to Texas and they lost to Arizona. I know this without looking up. Wow, that's impressive. Um, so they've lost four straight now. They're in trouble. Um, this one, you know, there's kind of an asterisk there because they didn't have Kalkbrenner, right? Yeah, I, I mean, big takeaway for Creighton if you're looking at the positives is Kaluma scores 27 points and shoots the ball really efficiently, shoots over 50%. Um, you know, they're, they got from their four starters, they got, you know, double digits, uh, but Shireman was, uh, inefficient again and yeah. he shot three of 11. 
Um, two of six from three. Chips in with 11 rebounds. Their defense was bad without Cockbrenner in that. I mean, it makes sense on paper because Ryan Cockbrenner is, you know, one of the favorites to win defensive player of the year. But, you know, you got you have to figure out a way to win that game without Ryan Cockbrenner, um, especially because BYU isn't very good. Especially because BYU shot 29% from three. Yeah, I mean, but then they shot 45%. Well, they BYU shot, to, in total, they shot 45%. So you take out the 29%, you take out 24 are they fighting? Well, there's a little scrapping in the scene. Hog him. Um, Afamori in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Creighton's got a big problem. Creighton's not going to be ranked on no, Monday. They don't deserve to be. They won't be. Um, they've lost four games. They haven't handled the pressure of being the hunted rather than the hunter. Um, so you got you have to wonder what this team's going to look like. Um, you know, if they're one injury away from the season being derailed is what I saw, you know, yeah. the other day. I just won't come down that hard on them. When they don't have Ryan Cockburner, I think Ryan Cockburner is their best player because of what he gives you on both sides of the ball. But they they did have Ryan Cockburner for the other three losses. Arizona's not a bad loss. Nebraska's terrible. Yeah, Nebraska's bad. But loss. Nebraska did just um, play right with Purdue, too. So maybe Nebraska's just not as bad as I'm used to. Well, St. John's... Well, St. John's played a f- close John's first half. St. John's beat them by 20, though. So and maybe the Johnnies... The, that win for the Johnnies is looking better and better. Yeah, uh, that's so, true. I don't know. I, I think Creighton, Creighton needs to show me something um, starting. Uh, they play Arizona State, and then they jump into conference play. Yeah, I still like Creighton. Oh. To the hole. Hangs. And one. Isaiah Whitehead. There's our buzzer for the day. Um. Seton Hall, Isaiah Whitehead against Big East Championship game against Villanova. Tyler, what are your uh, one, one to ten Creighton still making the NCAA tournament? Ten. Uh, Creighton's just too talented. I don't, they have so, to make such a long fall to fall out of contention, in my opinion. All right, Ryan, who's the next team that you said you can beat in a fight? You know the next team I'm going to go with? Yeah. It's going to be the Providence Friars. So you're saying you are willingly fighting a monk. I just don't think he would hit me, right? Jesus turned the other cheek. But you willingly would hit him. Okay, Put three on the clock. All right, we're putting three on the clock. I can beat up a Friar. All right, Providence Friars played two games this week, and they knocked off Manhattan 99-59 and Albany 93-55. One of the things I've really liked about Providence um, in this little part of their schedule, these were get-right games. Um, They really kind of needed one more big OOC game. You know, they lost all three of their, you know, big ones. But, you know, they're going to be, you know, feeling very confident going into – um, league play starting on next Saturday. So I think that's a really good sign for them. But other than that, I don't I don't know what the takeaways are. Manhattan's bad. Albany's bad. Bryce Hopkins is good. Yeah, it's hard to draw too many conclusions here. Both of the teams they beat this week are in the 300s in Ken Palm. You know, there's 320 teams, D1 teams. 350-something, I see. 350, okay, so they're you're all around two it. of the 50 worst teams in the country. Um, so there's not a ton to say here. Um, it was nice to see Ed Croswell against Albany. He's their leading scorer. Um, Ed Croswell's kind of been beleaguered. Is that a that's not a word? Maligned, maligned, mm-hmm. maligned in a slump to start the season. But he went he went for eighteen and seven um, against Albany. Great Danes. I'm not sure how many people on Albany were as big as Ed Croswell. Yeah, Jared um, Bynum still can't really uh, get out of his scoring slump. He only goes for six Jeez. points there. What did he have in against Manhattan? Did he? I don't know, but I was clicking on four. No, he had for, two points and six points. He has eight points in the, the whole week for a guy who could have been player of the year uh, when you started. That's just not what you want there. Obviously, they didn't need him to win the games, but it's not a good sign considering what he's done the rest of the um, season. Yeah, I mean, this team's going to go as far as I think Bryce Hopkins is going to take them. He's a man amongst boys. He's... You know, I think one of the more interesting things is, is Bryce Hopkins playing himself into going into the league next year. Is he going to be into a lottery pick situation, which he probably thought he was going to be in yeah. Kentucky? Maybe. It's so tough at Providence because yeah. you're not getting the eyes the way you would be at Kentucky. So I think um, unless he really breaks out in the Big East Championship and the NCAA tournament when you have a lot of NBA scouts watching, I kind of doubt it. But that's probably a net game for Providence, so they're probably not very yeah, upset about it. you got to bring – I mean, the longer that this team, you know, plays together, the better they're going to gel. Um, and the better they're going to have the opportunity to, you know, with all those transfers. And maybe for league play, they'll start. I mean, I think they start with Seton Hall, I saw. 
Um, so, you know, they're going to try to get right on Seton Hall. And then, you know, they hit the they hit a rough part of their schedule later on. They see UConn, St. John's, Creighton, Marquette back to back to back. Um, we'll see if they're rolling by then and, you know, what they look like. Right now I have them in a bottom half of the league team. Yeah, they might have had the weakest schedule up to this point. They only – I mean, they've lost to every St. good John's. team they – yeah, John's maybe St. John's cheeks. too, but um, Providence... Booty is, cheeks. All right. Um, but I have not been impressed with Providence's schedule either. Rise to the hole. Hangs and one. All right, Ryan, who else are you going to beat in a fight? Um, or do you have a Providence? No, no. Do you have any confidence that Providence makes the tournament? I still give them a three out of ten chance. 30% chance. That might be higher than Vegas is giving them. Um... I think they got a shot. I think they they still got plenty of talent there. Yeah. All right. And then in terms of who I could beat up at this point, we're probably getting into people I can't beat up but might have a shot at. You don't think you can take a fat dog? Uh, I don't know. Bulldogs is mean. I, I am going to go Butler Bulldogs here. You're willing to fight a priest, no problem. But when you see here about a bulldog, you're like, I might not want to. Is, is that what this podcast is about? Yes. All right. We'll put three minutes on the clock. Let's talk Butler Bulldogs. Butler gets two wins this week. One against Yale, where they win 71-61. Um, one against California. I did not know that Cal was 0-10 coming into that game. Um, it seems like Louisville has kind of held you know, the public opinion away from talking about Cal because that's a P6 program that's 0-10. Um, yeah, they've been terrible. So they, I mean, but they blow their doors off. So. Manny Bates' dad retweeted me this week. Quote tweeted. That's huge. So you got a connection there. I really liked what I saw from Butler against Yale. I did manage to catch that entire game. Um, and I thought that they looked really good. And I thought that they looked fantastic every time they go to Manny Bates in the post. Um, Manny Bates is everything you want out of a post player because he has back to the basket game. He has the physical size. But he also, he's not a black hole. He'll pass out if um, he's getting doubled in the post. So... I'm not sure there's a lot of players better than Manny Bates. A lot of big men better than Manny Bates. The recipe for Butler is going to be, let's look at their starters because they don't have a bench right now. They're playing five people pretty much at all times. Uh, they got um, um, Pierce Thomas is pretty yes, good off Yes, he's bench. the only one coming off the bench. Yep. Um, so against Cal, uh, five starters in double digits. Against Yale, four of the five starters in double digits. That means out of the 10 opportunities for starters to be in double digits, nine times I went into double digits in these two games. And for a team that's still a little bit thin in a lot of ways, to get you know, that kind of scoring from your starters is going to you know, push you in the right direction, especially against inferior competition. But I will say Yale is not you – know, Yale was a five-and-a-half point underdog in this game, six-point underdog in this game. Like Yale is not – I know we're, you know we're looking at Yale and we're thinking whatever, but – you know, they're not the team that, you know, they only lost by 10 to Kentucky later that No, week. Yale always puts together a pretty good team. Their coach has been there for like 30 years. He's like a living legend in the Ivy League conference. I can't remember his name right now, which says a lot about me. But, um, yeah, Yale's a nice team, and they play basketball the right way. So you know that they're not going to make stupid mistakes and give you the game. James Jones. Uh, James Jones, yes. Uh, living legend in the Ivy League Conference. I know who Ryan just learned his name. So Butler had to play a good game of basketball, and they did. And, you know, he was my big takeaway. Despite many Bates having 20 points, I still think they need to get him the ball more. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't five think, of seven against Cal. He's, you know. I don't think there should be a possession where Manny Bates doesn't have the basketball. Yeah. Well, uh, I think in Big East play, he's gonna, you're going to find out what, you know, his medal is because – you got a lot of really good bigs, and he is definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see him go against Joel Soriano, go against Adama Sinogo. Um, Cockburn will probably be his toughest matchup just because of the length. Yeah. All right, so that that wraps it up on the Butler Bulldogs. Whitehead drives to the hole. Hangs. Oh, I say Whitehead. Please let the buzzer do its job, Tyler. Emrod. All right. I'm guessing then I know where you were moving for the next team because if you can fight one bulldog. Yeah, but you know those DMV bulldogs are different than the in What's a DMV bulldog? You never heard of DMV? No. District of Maryland, Virginia? It's what they use for the air. Anyhow, um, I'm going Georgetown Hoyas. All right. Georgetown plays two games this week, and any week that Georgetown gets a win is a good week for Georgetown. They win, 70, they win 75 to 68 against Siena, and they get the absolute doors blown off them against a bad Syracuse team. 
in the Carrier Dome, 83-64, in the Rick Pitino Bowl. So... And we in the Rick Patino Bowl. Yeah, loser of that game gets Rick Patino. Oh no, kidding! I might be winner of the game gets Rick Patino. But we were we were at the bar to watch the Georgetown Syracuse game together yesterday. That's correct. Um, so we got to watch that entire game, and we're I think on the big TV too over uh, UConn because it was a close game for a, it was the twenty point game. I say blow their doors off. That game was a lot closer for a long time until the very end. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, a cook a cook we, with a clutch over. Yeah, I had him at five and a half, and he got six points. Um, he hit eight, actually, altogether. Oh, he got eight? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the weird thing about that game is that they started off, and they looked like they knew exactly what they were doing against the Syracuse zone. Yeah. Like, they looked like they were moving the ball, hit the foul line, dish it out, collapse the defense, baseline runs. Like, the first ten minutes, they looked like they knew exactly what they were doing. And then in the following 30 minutes, it's like they had no idea Syracuse was going to play his own. Yeah, I I was pretty uh, dissuaded. You know they can't shoot, and the one th- way to beat a um, the one way to beat a zone is you have to be able to shoot over it, corner threes, get to the middle. I was a little weirded out. They have so many good athletes, and they were putting a cook in the posi- the foul line position where that's not his game to catch there and shoot. Um, I thought it would have been perfect for Brandon Murray. I actually thought it would be perfect for Primo Spears because Primo has that floater in his bag. So I thought that was going to be his opportunity. And I just, it was very, I mean, how many different ways can I say that the coaching just really unimpressive, you know, by, by, uh, yeah, it just didn't look prepared. And it, it looks like Like they have been playing a zone, like since Patrick Ewing was playing against the zone, Yeah, same zone. And you, it's literally the same zone and the same coach. And that's why we laugh at Syracuse because they haven't upgraded and, Patrick Ewing must have dominated Syracuse for years. He mu- and, 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 like, he had the scouting report. It was, like, right – it was the perfect write-up Patrick Ewing's alley because he didn't even have to do homework. No, he could just talk about his glory days. He literally just had to talk about being great, and for some reason that didn't work either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and Curtis it, Wahab looked good at his points, but he fouled out. Um, I thought he was really physical, and he played with Edwards pretty well down there. And I told you this when we were watching yesterday, but it looks like nobody's t- getting on these guys when they take bad shots. Yeah. Like, they just take contested shots all the time. Oh. And, and it doesn't look like anybody's telling them, like, hey, you're going to get... undisciplined. I'm praising Wahab, but there was a sequence where Wahab gets, you know, they finally get a bucket to stop a run. You know, big bucket to keep it within, like, 10. And he gets a technical foul on the way back. Yeah. And it's like, well, dude, like, you just completely canceled that. Our offense wasn't working. Rise to the hole. Okay, I have odds for you. What are the odds that Patrick Ewing went home to his wife and said, I could have played today against the zone? I mean, it's true, though. Yes. Isaiah, I mean, uh, Patrick Ewing could have won that game. Yeah, well, I'm just... I, I love Georgetown. You can't coach his team to a game. But. I can't say that every single week, but I just love Georgetown and I hate Georgetown. There's a ton of talent. All right, Ryan, who else are you beating up? The Ryan beating up segment. I, th- I think you got to go Marquette Golden Eagles at this point. Uh, if I could catch it, you know, they got hollow bones. I think I have a shot. So let's put three minutes. Eagles up. have hollow bones? Birds have hollow bones. That can't be true. I, I'm like 50% Do sure. Do eagles have... How are they hollow? Eagles have 103 bones. Fact, eagles have hollow bones. Yeah. That How do they not break them all? Yeah, c- come for the Big East basketball, stay for the eagle facts. That's insane. I did not know that. Anyhow, let's put three minutes on the clock, talk some Marquette basketball. All right, the Marquette Golden Hollowboned Eagles went and played two games this week, and they beat NC Central, and then they won convincingly, I thought, today against Notre Dame. I thought they were clearly the better team from the beginning. Um, We don't really have to talk about the NC Central game, although they only won by 12. Um, I didn't catch most of that because it was NC Central. Um, but the crate or the Notre Dame game today. Notre Dame came in. Um, I again, I don't want to just go off this, but Vegas normally isn't too off, and Vegas had this game almost as a push today. Yeah. Um, so they were clearly anticipating Notre Dame being able to play with them. And boy, oh boy, you talk about your stars showing out. Listen to these lines. Oso sixteen points, eighteen rebounds, seven offensive. Uh, Omax fourteen points. Cam Jones, 25 points, 6 rebounds. Tyler Kolick, 11 and 6. If if I were to say, sit down and watch Marquette, and this is what they do well, 
that game like just exemplified everything that Marquette does well and their players do well. Yeah, and um, also Iguodaro does this really fun thing where on rebounds he like taps the ball out more than anybody I've ever seen tap the ball out, uh, which is contributing to his 18 rebounds there because he does save a lot of balls where then he ends up getting credit for the rebound there. Um, Cam Jones is a pure scorer. He can score from because anywhere on the superstar court. superstar he's turning into, he like, can, before our eyes. He can score from anywhere on the court. You're talking logo threes to driving the lane and hitting tough layups. Like, um, he just knows how to get the ball into the bucket. And uh, I love watching him play. Yeah, I'm wicked impressed with him. I mean, listen to his last three games. 20, 26, and 16. Um, oh, and that's not counting eight. 25. So those are his last four games. Are we talking about Cam Jones being an all Big East first team player right now? You He's might. averaging 17 points a game. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. He probably. I mean, if you're going to take one guy off of Marquette, it's probably Cam Jones, right? And how are you. Oh, so, so good. But so many big men in, uh, yeah. in Big East. Um, and also, what does it say about Shaka Smart that he is. Like, year in, we're not having Patrick Ewing discussions. Every single one of their players. Took a step forward. Yep. Nobody's took a step laterally. No one took a step back. Like these, like even Tyler Kolick, who kind of has a ceiling on his game, took a big step forward in terms of the way he's managing it. Well, here was my take. I think the only two teams that have overperformed this year are UConn and Marquette. I because yeah. we're having a down year in the Big East overall. And well, I projected Marquette to finish second to last, and I think you projected him to finish second to third I, to last. I had him towards the bottom. I, and uh, Shaka Smart is just one hell of a coach. Yeah, I was dead wrong. I really thought that that was. Uh, but you know what's funny? We knew we both loved Shaka Smart. We were just like, ah, but even he can't do it. With yeah, the, you, you know? lose Daryl Morsell and Justin Lewis. You're not supposed to get better. Yeah, and they're and they're clearly, in my opinion, like they're fourth, fifth, or sixth best team in the country. Rise to the whole. Big All right, Ryan, you're getting down. Do you want me to give you a quick reminder of who you have left, or you know who you have left? Uh, I wouldn't mind if you gave me a reminder. You have DePaul, Blue Demons, Villanova, Wildcats, seeing how you cannot pick. You already picked Creighton, Xavier Musketeers, and St. John Red Storm. I want to be clear, you can't beat any of these in a fight. No, I can't. I cannot. Um, but I don't I, think you could beat the Pirates. I am going to go Villanova Wildcats here because... What's it, your strat? Uh, <laughs> It's a cat, so maybe I can out, man to man maybe I can outsmart it in some capacity. Wow, I don't know. If it's fucked up. Cats are cool. It's got um, not hollow bones though, so that's not gonna help. I have, everything I know is wrong. All uh, right, three minutes on the clock. Let's talk. Um, oh, I like that. We should do that more. Um, Villanova two games beat Penn seventy to fifty nine, seventy seven fifty six against Boston College. And the story of the week is Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore. Uh, I mean, everything Cam Whitmore is doing at this point is. Like, he's coming as advertised. Um, you know, he changes the ceiling for this Villanova team. And, I, you know, the thing that I was hesitant about is Cam Whitmore, at least, is, um, you know, he was going to come back this year. I don't know if Justin Moore is. So this might be what the Villanova team looks like going forward. Yeah, and once Cam Whitmore finally slides into the starting lineup, you're going to really see what they can be. Um, my biggest takeaway, and this is not like a... The, I, objective anything but it looked like Villanova was short one gun and when you have Cam Whitmore out there all of a sudden it's like okay they, like they needed another weapon and now they have it it looks like Seton Hall is going to come away with this win wow Seton Hall it looks like he's going to come away with the battle of New Jersey I'm sorry we're just we're also watching that finish up um yeah no I I mean everything about I don't even know how much you said um in there about him um I'm really excited. Mark Armstrong took a big step forward, I thought, in the Boston College game. Um, You know, he went for 13-7. and I wonder if having a Cam Whitmore... Like, I love Eric Dixon, but I thought he was playing out of, like, character. Not that he was playing poorly, but he was playing basketball. Like, he was the guy getting the final shots. Because, like, he would... Like, and that shouldn't be Eric Dixon's game. I wonder if having that guy that you know can go get his own bucket is going to... It changes. And I think that there is a place for Eric Dixon to go get a shot in the final two minutes, but it's after other guys. You know, you run one play for Caleb Daniels, you run one play for Cam Whitmore, then you run a play for Eric Dixon, right? You can't run three plays in a row for Eric Dixon. He's not Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah, well, and then that was what I was struggling with. It just felt like everyone was, like, playing 
one level up from what they can play. Yeah, this would even Archie Diacono, even you know. Well, get, let's give a little love to Chris Archie Diacono. Oh, he had another give. really good game against BC yesterday. He knocked down his triples. Well, um, he only scored two against BC yesterday. Oh, did was it was it against BC? Was it against Penny? Knocked down a couple triples. Penny was six. He had six, five, and two yesterday. I didn't watch yesterday, but he had two. We two, watched two the one. game at the bar. I did not because I had left to go. You watch your first half? Nope. All right. Not at all. I stand corrected. Anyhow, I did watch a game, and I thought he looked really good. I thought he had scored, but um, I love Chris Archie Diacono. Obviously, he's not a scoring threat, but I like what he brings to the table. Yeah, so Villanova's ceiling is changing rapidly. You just really wish they could have won one of those non-con. Michigan State, Iowa State, Portland, Oregon. If you change this team to you know having one of those wins, you're probably talking about still looking on the right side of the tournament. Rise to the hole. And they were right there in all those games, which makes it hurt even more. Because if you had just got lucky once, right? A ball bounces the wrong way. Yeah. Whatever. And, and now you're talking about... Eric Dixon is at three against Michigan State in Michigan State. Yeah. Like, that's a massive now, And then if as long as they can run, you know, play well in the Big East, you might know you're making the NCAA tournament. Yep. All right. We're down to the last few teams. We're down to the St. John's. Oh, he missed both free throws. Okay, he from full court. Uh, obviously misses. Seton Hall wins the Battle of New Jersey. Congratulations. That could be uh, – we're going to have hot takes on that because I have no idea what that means for actual um, basketball. <laughs> uh, basketball. I think at this point we got to go Xavier Musketeers. You think you – No, I don't. I mean, I guess that's fair. Like, you're either fighting a demon or the weather. Yeah, I can't fight the weather, so – So, you're – I mean, at least Xavier, you have – they have a heartbeat. Yep. Xavier played one game this week, and Xavier won one game this Crosstown week. Crosstown shootout. Against um, Cincinnati in a game that was not nearly as close as the eighty to seventy seven score until it was that. It close. It was absolutely that close. Well, it wasn't that close. Yeah. Xavier was up seventeen at different points of that game, and then it got that close, and then it was really scary. It never should have been that close. Maybe but uh, Xavier kind of, and you also got to give credit to Cincinnati who ended up playing well down the stretch. But They're Xavier fan. just turned you, the ball over. I don't want to get too much in this, but there's only one game. Did you see the Cincinnati fans on Twitter? No. Some of the weirdest people, like, just talking about how Cincinnati's much better despite them losing. And, like, I was just one of the weirder fan bases of Cincinnati Bearcats. Much better at basketball? Yeah, like, despite losing. But they lost. Yeah, it was very, very, very weird. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of some of their energy. Uh, They got – did they get the taunting tech? They should have got a taunting tech. Yeah, when they were yelling right in that kid's face. Yeah, Um, I didn't love that. Um, But but it's a cross-town shootout that's – why, we watched this game and we watched it closely. Um, I thought one of the cooler things I saw is the way that Sean Miller used Fremantle and Nunji to pass to each other. Yeah. And I thought they used it for the high-low really well. And they what they did is they sealed. So they had, you know, they were just waiting for the ball to go over the top. Yep. Um, and then they were just putting the ball, you know, Nunji and Fremantle were just eating. You know, they they come around away with a combined 32 points and 15 rebounds. Um, and I thought... I think that might even be selling them short of how well they played. And you know what I love so much about that is it's not a set play. Yeah. Like, it's just part of their normal, like, get into position is to go seal your guy. And then if you're Nunji, you look for Fremantle. If you're Fremantle, you look for Nunji. Um, so he's not even calling out that play. They just know to do that on their own, which I love. Yeah. I and Suli Boom. Suli Boom. Man, yeah, he's been that, fantastic. I mean, he's just different. Like, he's been fantastic. He, and, you know, he got that last... Um, he got the layup, or he got fouled on the layup, but they were clearly drew up a play for him. Mm-hmm. And then Cincinnati's dumb and decided to call a timeout they didn't have, which should have gotten more attention because Cincinnati could have had a real shot. You didn't follow this on Twitter? He knew he didn't have the timeout. He got it on purpose? He didn't care because he, he knew he had to hit a three either way. Why? He was only down one. I don't know. Supposedly, he told the ref ahead of time that I am going to call this timeout. I know I don't have it, but I need... Um, That's dumb. I need That's really ball. bad coaching, in my opinion. Because if you're down one, you can hit a two to win the game. I Listen, I'm just telling you what they said. That's really silly if he said that. But Suli Boom not came up and hit three of his four three throws to... Sneaky backdoor cover because I had him at two and a half. I think Sean Miller might um, take uh, Greg McNervous' spot as one of the best X's and O's in the Big East. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little worried. Their depth is very questionable. Six points off the bench um, with Claude and uh, Hunter. Claude uh, gives him a lot, not scoring, but he gives him a lot outside yeah. of the... I mean, Kiki Tandy was playing well, and he doesn't look like he's even getting minutes anymore. So, I don't know. I really... That's an impressive one.
We might have had a really cool soundbite that we missed um, because we had the game on mute for that scene hall. We yeah, know. I'll have to rewatch into that game. All right, we're down to you can pick between DePaul or St. John's. So I will obviously go DePaul here. Uh-huh. You think you have a better chance against fighting a demon than the weather? Yeah. No. At least a demon is looking at you face to face. I want to be clear, no. What am I going to do against a storm? Put up an umbrella. <laughs> I don't got that. <laughs> All right, we're going to go DePaul, Blue Demons, who sadly, um, you know, or not so sadly, because they got a good win this week. Uh, UTEP is a good, um, I don't know how good they are, but they are a, you know, respected team at least. They're Suli Boom's alma mater. And we love Suli Boom. And, but they got their doors blown off against St. John's, where we'll talk about more what that means yeah, for St. And, John's later. And that's probably the closest I've watched a DePaul game up till this point. That is true. I'm not a DePaul believer. You don't, you don't have nine ninety nine a month? subscribe to watch DePaul no I can't say I do and uh yeah I definitely was not impressed with what I saw from DePaul sorry guys um their defense is really bad and their offense is pretty bad and when you put those together it doesn't make for a great basketball team yeah you know I think I see it similarly sometimes to what I see Georgetown well, not because I think they're poorly coached, but when you talk about the individual players, I get excited about this team. Emotion Gibson's really good. Um, he didn't I, play great against St. No, Jones. but he's he's played well enough where I give him the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Javon Johnson is really good. Um, Ogenda is supposed to be pretty good. So, I don't know. I They got punched in the mouth by DePaul, and they just kept getting punched in the mouth. St. John, sorry. Um uh, and they took a tough yeah, loss. My big takeaway from Javon Johnson is he takes a lot of dumb shots and makes a lot of dumb shots. Well, I said I've, he reminds me a lot of David Jones. A yeah. lot of David Jones. Uh, yeah, his shot selection is not great, but obviously his ability to hit tough shots is impressive. And that's how I always felt about David Jones. Oh. I never felt like David Jones was a uh, um, like a great shot taker, but he was a great shot maker. Let's talk about Zion Cruz for a minute here. Zion Cruz looked okay. Zion against, Cruz uh, looked pretty darn good. He had his career high. Um, what's well, the case against Seton Hall? Or St. John's? Why do I keep doing it? St. John's? Yeah. Um, and he shot the ball pretty well, which was surprising. He hit a couple deep ones. He missed a couple open deep ones, which wasn't great. But you he know, hit a couple. Those are the growing pains. That's what a normal freshman is supposed to look like. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, if you could figure out how to get a backcourt of Emoja and Zion Cruz. What's I Johnson mean, play? Four? The four? Three. Three or four. And then you get Angenda at the five. Like now, now you're talking about a team. Penn and Annoy, annoy. They just supposed to be back at some point. Their defense, they just play out of control. They, you yeah. know, they, they miss assignments. They're not. It didn't help that they were playing a team that loves playing out of control. That's true. Maybe I should wait to be so hard on them until I see them play, you know, a, a little bit of a more normal opponent. Yeah. But I just wasn't impressed with what I saw. More convincing about St. John's than uh, DePaul, in my opinion. Uh, we're down to the Johnnies. You want to hear something f- funny? Uh, sure. Seen Hall had a guy on their team named Sanogo at this time. Ah. I wonder if any relation to Adama. Probably not. Uh, maybe. Uh, St. John's plays two games, wins two games. Uh, we just talked a lot about that DePaul game um, in terms of what it meant for DePaul. Um, and then they went and beat New Hampshire um, by 13, which... Ryan said it was a close game, and Twitter called Ryan out for that not being a close game. Nobody's called me out for that. It was Some, a close game. Multiple people have said, I guess 13 points is a close game now. They don't know ball. Um, wow. Anyhow, it was a close game. They did not look good. St. John's, they did look good against DePaul. They looked um, really good against, really scary against DePaul. They were doing that thing where they force turnovers and get out and run. And, and there are five guys, Mathis, Carbello, Posh, Joel, and uh, Jones. All in double figures. God, Soriano looked fantastic in that game. Soriano's just a one-man wrecking crew down in the paint. Yeah, he's uh, really physical. I don't know what really you do about physical. him. Yeah. I mean, and he's got great length, yeah. great uh, wingspan, you know. Um, he was fantastic. Posh was not good. No, Posh was bad. I mean, Posh did everything except shoot the ball well. He rebounded. He stole. He didn't turn the ball over once. But what did he shoot, 1 of 10? Uh, 4 of 13. Are you able four fifteen? Yeah, um, Corbello played a little out of control. I did say that Corbello, Corbello turned the ball over six times, um, which is more than you can afford as you know one of the primary ball handlers. But he shot the ball. He shot the ball incredibly well, seven of nine. But how many turnovers do they have in the entire game against uh, the twelve? Yeah, they can live with twelve. Yeah, because nope. they they build twelve into their 
over at. They'll win with 12 turnovers against good teams. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. My, my point is I don't think they can limit themselves to 12 turnovers consistently because they the style of basketball they play leads to carelessness, you know? Yeah, well, they turned it over 12 times against New Hampshire, too. Very, um, con- a lot of continuity this week in uh, how much they turned it over. Yeah. Posh Alexander also shot terribly against New Hampshire at 0-8. Do you think uh, St. John's has the best athletes in the conference? Yeah. I think, I think if you put St. John's, if you could get them to buy into a program of playing defense and sets, I think they'd be a, you know, I think they'd be ranked right now. Yeah. That, I mean, all those guys are talented, and I want them all on my team. I don't know. It's hard to. It's always hard to play when your two point guards or your one and two guard can't shoot. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I don't know. Um, Almost leads Carbello to Carbello played. Carbello's been shooting a lot better than I saw him at Illinois, at least. Yeah, he, and confidently, he which, is hitting his open shots. I'll give him that. Yeah, and I mean, they have David Jones, who's a microwave, but he's gonna give you eight or ten, eight to ten misses at any given time. Yeah, and you got Mathis can shoot. Mathis has looked good this year, and then Soriano can't shoot. It's you're never gonna get great spacing. On any of your sets, if you run a normal half court offense, that's why Jones is the perfect guy to bring into this team, um, because he can—he is a shooter who can get open. Um, yeah, Joel Soriano probably is like the second best Big East center that I've seen this year. Joel Soriano is all Big East for, uh, first team all Big East. He's had a better year than Cockburner. Yeah, yeah, he has. It's it's just Sonogo that would be in front of him, and then like maybe Klingon like right there with him, which is insane. Manny Bates has been really good. Uh, yeah. Jack Nunji, uh, Eric Dixon. Hey, let me see. St. John's to the tournament. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in. This team is complete chaos. It's like watching a car crash, and I can't look away. I w- I'm not getting over the Iowa State game this easily just because you beat DePaul, one of the worst teams in the Big East. We've seen them look good And then times. New Hampshire. They've won 10 games. They've only lost one. I'm more saying that that game's the exception than the rule. This is going to be my pendulum. I'm, I'm going to go back and forth. Right now, I'm really down on them. And then if they play, once they play well against somebody good, I'm going to be really high on them again. Yeah, I love St. John's. All one right, and teams. so that means we are going to the Seton Hall Pirates. Because they just finished their game in a win against Rutgers when I was ready to say that Seton Hall was in DePaul and Georgetown And c- Can you just reiterate and, what and the final score was? No, that is, this is a positive Seton Hall podcast, not a negative, 45-43. 45 to 43, we've had first halves that look like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, ow, your cat is biting me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it. it's, it's okay. I was antagonizing him. Um, I think it's important to put this in perspective too. Rutgers is a good basketball team. Uh, Rutgers is going to be, in my opinion, top half of the Big Ten. Um, and they're really good at home, the rack. And to knock them off, this this is probably going to end up being a quad win for one win for Seton Hall, in my opinion, by the end of the year. Um, yeah, especially at home, yeah, or on the road. Well, however you want to phrase it, if they just did not lose to Siena, if we're talking about a team who their losses were to Iowa, who's a great team, um, Oklahoma, who has looked, you know, they're a, they're a top half of the league team, Kansas, who's really good. If we were talking about those being the three losses and they beat Siena, we're talking about a team that I might be saying might be a tournament team. That Siena loss is so damaging that I don't know how they're going to – I don't know if there's a chance to recover it unless they go and knock off UConn, Xavier, or Creighton. I hear all that. Here's the problem. They scored 45 points. They won. They They scored 45 points. If they had lost and scored 45 points, I'd agree. This is a make-or-miss league. I think both Seton Hall and Rutgers are defense-first teams, and Seton Hall just out-defense. But if you go up against a team that has an offense... He convinced them to play like, Look what Iowa did to them. Iowa is an offense-first team, and they just walked... They put up 67 points against Iowa. What did Kansas do? Uh, they put up... Six- yes, Kansas dog-walked them. Uh, I don't think they can hang with anybody who actually is able to score the ball. Rutgers couldn't score the ball tonight, so Seton Hall is able to, to, you know. That's a big, that's a huge win. Fist for Rutgers um, that, you know, they needed to, and they got it. They got it done. So I'm, I'm going to give Rutgers credit for getting a win um, rather than, you know, or Seton Hall credit for getting a win rather than, you know, blame Rutgers for, uh, um, or blame them for losing. Um, the Davis brothers um, played pretty well down the stretch from what I could see. 
And the game got chippy at times. That was an uh, that was a rock fight. But you'd I think rather... Seton Hall games are going to get chippy. I think that's exactly what Shaheen Holloway wants. Well, you'd rather win a rock fight than lose a rock fight. Yeah, that's true. But what does it say about their future? I don't. I'm not convinced. I'm still not a no, believer. No, it's a great win though. It's a quad one win, and that's what you need. Right I mean, now. you want to hear everything summed up in one sentence? If Dre Davis didn't hit a couple free throws at the end, yeah, nobody would be in double digits. I know, but Rutgers didn't have anyone in double digits. I'm just. When's last time you saw an entire game played by two P six schools? Not not a single guy in double digits. I agree. Guys to the hole. All right, that was you, Seton Hall, and now we're going to put five on the clock for the UConn Huskies. Our new special segment. At the end, we're picking our team of the week and giving us a little extra time so we can talk about them. UConn is our team for the week. Yep, UConn played Florida at Florida and won by 21, and then they played LIU at home, which was not fair, and they won by 53. Um, Man. We're UConn fans, so this is, might be a little... If we, just skip five minutes if you don't want to hear the gloating and kind of the really happy... You know, this is what Hurley envisioned. This is what Hurley told us about. He said it was coming. We got made fun of for it for a long time. It's here. I And I'll be honest, I've watched a lot of, of these other teams. I don't think anyone in the country is better than UConn. I think on a good day, you know, there's other teams that can play with them. There's nobody who I think is out of the Huskies league. I think the Huskies are as good as anybody in the country. And yeah. on, on the Huskies' good day, they could be anybody in the country. I don't even think the Huskies have to have a good day. Yeah. That's what I. That's what's crazy to me because you could have any of those guys that have been, you know, let me see the statistics. But, I, I mean, you there are games where, you know, your third guy off the bench isn't giving you double digits. I uh, mean, the depth that they're lining up is just incredible right now. Yeah. When you have uh, Calcaterra, Klingon, Diara... Aline coming off the bench there. I mean, and then Samson Johnson's going to get healthy at some point, and he's going to come off the bench. And um, what Andre Jackson's doing for this team too, um, where he has kind of taken over this point forward situation where he's not turning the ball over and he is um, handling the ball a lot. We saw glimpses of this last year with Jackson, where he's so athletic. I sometimes think that he forgets not everyone's as athletic as him, and he'll make a crazy pass, yep. and he'll go into the third row, and then he'll be like, well, Andre, you can't do that. He has slowed his game down, where I believe, if I'm looking at that, he hasn't turned the ball over the last three games. He has played 31, 34, and 24 minutes, and he hasn't turned the ball okay. over. And, with he si- has, and in that time, he has 17 assists. Yeah, with significant ball handling duty. Yeah, he and he turned the ball over once against Iowa State and twice against Alabama. I mean, the guy's just not turning the ball over. He's as good as anybody in the country, as far as I'm concerned, because usually what gets the headlines is scoring, but that's not what Andre Jackson wants to do. He wants to do everything else for this team. He's getting them, you know, tough rebounds. He's getting them great assists. You know, he doesn't fill up his stat sheet with empty, easy rebounds or anything like that. Like, he fights hard to get them second possessions and... um, I think he's as impactful as pretty much any player in the country. Yeah, um, I've, what I've really also liked is I've loved the way Hawkins is playing. Um, that guy is an NBA player. His shot, his stroke looks so absolutely pure at all times. Um, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really hit the efficiency number that I like. I mean, and I'm saying that, and he's shooting 42% from three, um, yeah. which is... He's not missing. Like, but, you know, there are still some shots where he comes off screens where I'd like to see him connect. Um if you have three NBA players right now playing at a high level and four because Klingon will eventually get drafted, um, I think that, you know, people are asking, we'll, we'll get to this more in mailbag, but people are asking what the ceiling is for this team. I think at worst, you know, the lowest of expectations, this team has to be playing second week in college basketball. You know, it's all, I feel like a lot of um, Huskies nation right now is just holding their breath because Hurley has had good teams and he's lost in the first round of the of the he's tournament. He's never had a team like this. No, he hasn't. But he's had good teams that should have won. You're not going to lose to a 16 seed if you're a 1. Listen. Or a 15. I agree they weren't supposed saying. to lose to San Diego, uh, New Mexico State. I agree with what you're saying that I am ner- like it does. I think what you're trying to also say is it doesn't matter what he does in the regular season right now until he wins a game right. in the tournament. And he's going to win a game in the tournament. You know, you're probably going to be playing the 15 or the 14, you know, as a, 
I'll give it a one. You know, they said that about Virginia that year I against know. UMBC. I just don't. I'm not worried about UConn winning one game. I'm worried about you know, but if they lose in the, to an eight nine, I think that's still a colossal failure for what this team. I agree. The ceiling is so. Yeah, I think you're right that we can talk. We can give every accolade we want right now to UConn, but let's see what Hurley does in the tournament when it actually matters. Yeah, um, because he doesn't have a great track record there. To yeah, this point, I was talking. I was asking him this the other day. Do you think Klingon is a second team, second big all? All Big East second team player right now? No, probably not just because of the number of great bigs in the Big East. But um, he's freshman of the year, in my opinion. He overcame right. Whitmore. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Whitmore is a lot less games. But, right. I mean, Klingon, it might be like... Do they do a national freshman of the year? They might. Because, like, that's where I'm at with him. Like, yeah. he's national freshman of the year good. He's been incredible. Yeah, and 10 points a game, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1 steal. I mean, he's not fouling a ton. I've, I've been really, really impressed by Donovan. There's not a single player that you're saying is, like, underperforming. Naeem Aline. Naeem Aline is struggling. He, you know, he's got a hamstring problem, which might be ta- bringing him down a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's going through a shooting slump, but he's been a four-year starter in the ACC. Or a three-year starter? Yeah, I um, mean, I'm not... Like, we know what he, you, he can do. I mean, the thing with this team is that I've, that worries me is, what does the backup point guard situation look like? And that's been the problem, actually, the last few years. Jalen Gaffney didn't cut it. His last two years at UConn. And right now, I don't know. I love Hassan Diara's um, defense, but I don't love his offense. So if you're looking at anything that might be a potential problem, it's we're talking um, backup point guard. It drives to the hole. Hangs. And one. Isaiah Whitehead. All right. And here we go. Ready? It's time for our mailbag section. We're going through uh, questions you guys left on our Twitter, um, and we're going to answer them. We'll put this out every Sunday, so keep an eye out for it if you have any questions that you want answered. All right, mail lady? Yeah, first question is a UConn-related question. Um, if they don't win a national title this year, is it the biggest failure? I told this Danny's- guy I was going to clean it up. Because, well, yeah, because he said if they don't win, is it the biggest failure of his bleak career? It's yeah. a Providence fan. Well, let's let the male lady do her job. Um, Go ahead, male lady. <laughs> if UConn doesn't win a national title this year, is it the biggest failure in Dan Hurley's career thus far? No. No, you missed the word bleak. Well, we're I, cleaning it up. <laughs> no, no, it's not the biggest failure because national title is not the um, expectation here, but Final Four? This this team needs to be playing second weekend. That's all I'll say right now. This team needs three sixteen. You think three sixteen yeah. is not a failure? It's not disappointing. If you, what if you run into a Duke team that has four pros that just got a lower seed, and you lose them? Like I don't like. I'm saying I'll be disappointed. I don't think it's a failure. I mean, you'd have to run into them in. I mean, they'd have to have what a four seed. Yeah, Duke right now is probably around a four seed. No. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. National champion, I mean, one of 68 teams. What do you, there's probably 20 teams that have a chance to win. I'll say Elite Eight, final answer. If they don't make the Elite Eight, it's a failure of a year at this point. All right, and I'll say they need to be playing second week in basketball for, for it not to be a failure of, of his bleak career. Next question. Uh, I would like to hear what you think about the future for Seton Hall. In a few years, what's the best outcome you could see from Shaheen Holloway and his program? Well, this question really changed after that win against Rutgers. Yeah, I mean, you look at UConn. You want to be UConn. Right now, Shane Holloway is coming in and he wants to be a culture coach. Yeah, you're trying to win a, you know, as many, um, you know, win as many games as you can. These aren't his players. And you recruit, you see who you bring in, and you hope in three or four years you are talking about it being one of the better teams in the country. Yeah, I don't know if... If he, he exactly wants to be UConn, I think there's some similarities and there's some differences. In some ways, he wants to play defense similar to how St. John's played this defense, except for to fall back into a better half-court defense. Yeah. Um, be, but he wants to be disruptive I, in, in that I th- kind of I do think Shaheen Holloway is the right guy for this job, and he will lead them in the right direction. I love Shaheen Holloway, and I think when he is recruiting as a P6 school instead of recruiting as a St. Peter's school, I think he's going to get some— That's what I'm saying, much more like Hurley. Hurley's going from being was going from not a P six school to UConn, and he brought in better recruits. And you know, Shaheen Holloway brought St. Peter's to much better team. You know, clearly, I think he'll do the same here. 
Yeah, I think um, they're always going to be a defensive-minded team first. I think uh, this kind of win that they had against Rutgers in the 40s is kind of what they want. All right, next question. Uh, it's from a St. John's fan. Most years, I think this team makes the tournament if they finish four or five, but the Big East being very weak could get in the way of that. What are your thoughts? I think if they finish four, they get in. If they finish five, he's right. It, it could be on the on the cusp. It'll be close. I think what you were saying, Rai, is the reason I have no idea. If say, I mean, St. John's could still have a very bad season. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have a win that jumps out. Other than the Nebraska win is jumping out more and more um, to win by 20. Um, and they beat Syracuse, which, you know, Syracuse and Temple, you know, they have some mid, you know, quad two or quad three wins. Um, you'll find out quick because they after they play Florida State, who's bad, they go Villanova, Xavier, Seton Hall, Marquette. Um, yeah. And that four-game stretch, you will figure out if this team is going dancing or not. If they go two and two, they're on the bubble. If they go three and one, they're probably looking at the right side of the bubble. If they go four and other. Yeah, I'm still down on St. John's. I'm not saying I think they've finished four or five. I'm just saying in terms of the Big East, whoever finishes four should be safely in. Whoever finishes five is going to be on the cusp. I, I think that's probably correct. Unless Butler and Marquette really turn it on. Yeah. All right. And our final question is tier list of in-state rivalry games. You got made fun of because you are not made fun of. Your poll read. Yeah, it was a popular poll. But uh, it was uh, only one per team that got the votes. Yeah, Xavier and Cincinnati ran away with it. Um, the Crosstown shootout is in a tier of its own, apparently. Um yeah, they're up there at number one easily. And then you have URI, PC, and... Um, Seton Hall, Rutgers. Seton Hall, Rutgers is probably tier two. They're in tier three, which doesn't get as much love as I think it should, is Wisconsin Marquette. Yeah, two really good teams. <coughs> on, not thought of, I think, in the same light. Which is weird, because both teams have been good. Yeah, the St. John's Syracuse isn't a real rivalry, right? The uh, the Philly Five isn't a real rivalry just because Villanova's... Outclass them for the last Temple, 20 years. Yeah, but Temple got it this year. Um, um, you know, Georgetown doesn't really have a rivalry there. Maryland, but they don't play them. Um, who am I missing? They just fin- They just stopped the Crossroads Classic with Butler. Creighton, Nebraska? Creighton, Nebraska. That's another one. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, since he's Xavier, I'd go one. And but, they hate each other. They genuinely don't like each yeah, other. Yeah, I think there's five... Regularly scheduled in-state rivalries that are must-watch TV. And I yeah. think it's um, the Cincinnati, Xavier, PCURI, Marquette, Wisconsin, C- uh, C.N. Hall, Rutgers, and Nebraska Creighton. I agree. I'm not far off. All right, that ends week five of the Big East Barroom. We will be back next week with a um, – you know, we have Big East play started on Saturday. So we are going to – you know, ha- we're going to be able to draw some conclusions. And a lot of these teams don't play until Saturday. They give um, people off. I know finals are going on for these schools. I forget that they are kids sometimes. I'm on top of this. So uh, we'll- hopefully we have some more conclusions to draw. But you know, exciting times for the Big East. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and pulling up a stool with us. We love talking Big East basketball. We love uh, interacting with you guys. So let us know what you think. All right. That ends week five. See ya.